Welcome to the Marketplace Missionaries Podcast. My name is Donnie Swanepoel. I'm here with my good friend Kai Jeans, and we have our guest Grayson Price back for round number two. Welcome, man. Yeah, Grayson, you know, just to recap off episode one, you know, thanks for defining the Great Commission. I think that's good for all of us to hear consistently. I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast yet, so really thank you for bringing that up. Um, you know, as we transition into this episode, we'd really like to just hear more like a day-to-day on what your life looks like. So if you could just, let's break down like a day-to-day between business, marriage, and the gospel, like how you fit it all in, into 24 hours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think we kind of left off last episode. I was kind of coming out of college, starting work. And so to kind of just maybe start there, um, in, in college, uh, just kind of creating that, that daily repetition of, you know, like you mentioned, Robert Lewis's, like, it doesn't even have to be like in-depth scripture study, but just being in conversation with the Lord, recognizing his authority in the morning, that really, that really helps. Um, so that's kind of just like a daily thing there, but coming out of college, so went two years around, graduated in December, uh, a week after I graduated, my wife and I, Mary Helene, got married. And so it was kind of like this whirlwind time. And uh, so she moved in and then uh, we went on our our honeymoon and then I came back and then I started work. And so uh, the the transitions were were pretty quick. And so there was definitely a huge learning curve as far as our communication, like in our marriage, Um, just kind of, you know, uh, it's we knew each other really well. We had dated four years before we got married. We thought we had fantastic communication, but it's different when you start living with someone. And so uh, just kind of being able to work through that, praying for a lot of grace and the Lord, just kind of being very provisional in that. And then, um, you know, uh, it, it also changes up how your personal faith with the Lord works because, you know, there's there's somebody else that is involved in your day. And so um, I think just on like on a day-to-day basis there, it was figuring out, you know, how do I schedule work and my personal life, um, you know, and my, and my wife now fitting into that and uh, just kind of how to, how to walk that out and glorify the Lord in that. And so going back to those mentors, man, I tell you, you really um, find one and, you know, if uh, digging somewhere in the church or, you know, text somebody or, or ask because, um, that's really what benefited me the most is because I was just asking questions. I was like, how did you deal with this? You know, how does, how does this work? Because I think, you know, a lot of times even, you know, studying scripture or doing anything like that, it doesn't give us maybe the practical applications that we need to, to succeed in our walk and just to grab another brother like we were talking about being with Robert Lewis last night or, you know, with a mentor like even you, Donnie, who's just in that, right in that next phase in, in front of us. Uh, to just ask questions and and just be humble. That's so good, man. I love that, just that posture of humility, knowing that we don't have all the answers to life, but yet we're willing to learn from others seasons ahead of us. I love that. And we've, talk, we've talked about that a lot. It's just encouraging uh, young or new believers to find a mentor and to be humble and ask good questions because mentors can provide so much wisdom and insight into the season they're in. And so, Kai, I know you're going to speak to that as well. Yeah, what I was about to throw in is, you know, just building off mine and your relationship, Donnie. Like over the last few weeks, you know, even just 
texting you, hey, are you are you at home? Can I can I swing by for a few minutes and just ask you some questions? Like, just if you're out there and you have a mentor, like just just ask. Like the worst they're gonna say is, no, I'm kind of tied up right now. Can you come over tomorrow? Like, and that's completely fine. But I, I think that there's been a lot of, I mean, good for me. I mean, sitting right there, you know, that other day, just out in the sun, saying, hey, you know, it's a nice day. Let's sit outside, talk about some things. Yeah, and, and from my, you know, from my perspective, uh, Rachel was out and about. I had the three kids. Uh, I was making their lunch and got this text from Kai. Hey, can we talk? And immediately I realized, okay, like Kai is, is needing to ask me, you know, a deep or uh, Kai's needing to get, get something off of his chest. And so back to the Great Commission piece, as, as I was doing live, I just kind of came in. Our kitchen was a wreck. I was making uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> for the kids. But, you know, I was I was discipling, mentoring as my kids were running around, you know, eating their lunch. And I think we don't, we don't have to have this elaborate mentor-discipleship relationship. We need to mentor and impact others as we go, even if it's you know, having a discussion about, you know, relationships and work. And um, I just think, yeah, one, the mentee, you know, it goes back to that posture of being open, being humble, asking questions. But then also also from the mentor side, it's just, you know, inviting those individuals into their lives as they go. And then just one more aspect of the mentor, too, to give it from the mentee standpoint, like don't be worried like, oh, the house is a wreck. Like, uh, honestly, like, I didn't really care what you were doing. Like, it's like, I, if I if you were cleaning the house, like, dude, I'll come help clean your house. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, I just, I got to I gotta have some outlet to right. get this information out. So if you're the mentor, you know, like, don't feel pressured to put on a perfect life. Like, Donnie, I know you're not perfect. Yeah. Respectfully. Yeah, you, <laughs> no, you, you've seen my house. I, I know what yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if, I don't, I don't care, like if Clark's running around with his uh, camo shoes, which I, I did have a pair of those as well. Uh, camo shoes only, though, and he <laughs> yeah. had limited clothing on that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, that was just awesome. Even to, like, be there and, like, see you interact with your family. It's like, that's discipleship outside of, like, our conversations as well. So, right. yeah, if you're a mentor, man, just own, just own up to being a mentor. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Truth in life. Yeah, man. I think the life part, you know... I'm, some people at Downline were saying that, like, the importance of the life part, like, when we were going around the circle last night, the life part is, I mean, you can give truth all day, but it goes back to the business leadership quote, you know, your workers don't know, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Like, the life piece, like, bringing it to a biblical application, you know, if you give your life to someone, well, not give your life to someone, if you let them in on your life, like, it, that's you caring about them, and they will, like, then listen to you. I mean, that's all relationship. Like, I mean, if Donnie came up to me and said, Kai, you need to do this, this, and this. On the first time we met, I'd be like, that dude's a bozo. He's yeah, telling me what who to is do. this but, guy? Yeah. But it's like now, if Donnie comes up to me and says, like, hey, Kai, I really think you need to do X, Y, and Z, I'd be like, yeah, probably so. Like, that's probably sound advice. So be sure, like, we give the life and then, you know, bring the truth in, too, so. Yeah, there has to be a relationship, right? I mean, that's just what what Jesus did with his followers, and uh, that's how he he coached them. And you show them that he was the Messiah, 
the God man by by doing miracles. And so you mentioned something earlier, just uh, you know, kind of during the break about uh, just some aspects you learned from Robert Lewis and kind of some things that he has lived by throughout his life. And I'd like like to you to kind of just mention that as well because I was kind of neat in a different angle. Yeah, so it wasn't, I won't say it as, as uh, eloquent or as um, well-worded as he did, but I'll, I'll do my best. Um, so last night he, he said it's, it's the three Fs, and it's kind of his commission to a young group of people who are living in a super chaotic world with, the, with biblical, like with a Christianity, with a biblical definition of Christianity in mind, and also um, just his perspective over the last, like, 73 years of his life. Mm. And so um, the first was um, faith, so just kind of what we've already discussed, you know, just really seeking out a, a biblical, hearty definition of Christianity, uh, learning what that means, learning what that looks like in our life, uh, the fruit that that produces, um, the community that, that that requires to just get in and be with brothers and and um, to, to, to go deep and to, to learn and to then go out and share that faith. Uh, the second F was family. And so his, his commission to us was um, get married and have children and raise them up in, in the faith of the truth that we know and, and live out life with them and um, to, to show that to others. Because, uh, you know, in a world, I mean, he discussed, like, our declining birth rates in America and mm-hmm. that, you know, the previous civilizations of the past, that was ultimately their their downfall is that um, they were too self, self-absorbed and self-focused to, um, to, to have a family, to start a family and to sacrifice. Because, I mean, I know from from our conversations about family that, you know, it is, it is so life giving, but at Mm. the same time, it's such a self-sacrifice. And so, um, I mean, to, for that to be reiterated, especially as a a young married couple like Mary Helene and I, we were talking about that last night when I got home, like just that we would desire and look forward to that time when, when we do get to have a family and, and raise them up, um, in Christ. And then the, the third F was friendship. And so just, you know, in, 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 and in that order of faith and family and now come into friendship that um, it's what sustains us, you know, among, among everything. Uh, he mentioned a, a Harvard study that's happened over the last 80 years of uh, each graduating class and kind of why they're, like a year later, I think, why they're happy or something like that. You can, Kai, if I'm wrong, you can correct me, but... Um, but talking about that, the, the overarching thing, the most happy, most fill-in-the-blank people were people that had deep friendships. And just, you know, I, I think that we can search the scriptures for that, and it would be true, too. I mean, the relationship between Paul and Timothy, you know, that, that we kind of alluded to earlier um, from what we were learning out of Second Timothy was just such a strength and a bond and an encouragement and to also be able to call each other out that it's just this relationship where I mean an iron sharpens iron situation you know and that um, it's life-giving to be in that and so I think that um, all of us or excuse me Robert Lewis going through um, each of those last night on those three Fs was just super encouraging you know for for life where we are now um, and just kind of keeping those in check you know 
And to build off of that study as well, when it comes to what you're saying, like life-giving, it actually is like statistically. Donnie, you'll find this really interesting, I think. So in this study, the ones that, I mean, clearly some people didn't say friendships made them the happiest, but the first graduating class of Harvard that did this, the ones that said friendship on average lived seven years longer Mm. than the ones who didn't. And like... It went through, and Robert Lewis was saying, like a bunch of them, you know, ultra successful, made a lot of money, died in their 50s and 60s. The ones that valued their friendships, I mean, on average gained seven years of their life. And I think it's good to point out this from the scriptures in that aspect, you know, just kind of affirming that, you know, Mark 8, 36, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Like, you know, if the Bible says this is what's important, like a, it's the truth, you know, mm-hmm. and not a single, well, I'm sure there, there may be, correct me if I'm wrong, someone please, but I, I don't think there's a verse that's going to say, yeah, money's more important than friendships and family and relationship with others. Like there's just, it's not in there. And I think that when we misconstrue that in our world, I think it does take a toll on our health because it's at, at the end of the day, you know, the Lord is telling us what's going to make our heart our minds and our soul happy and it's it is relationship with others and that's what he wants for us with him Mm, that's good yeah and you know we cannot serve two masters at a time you know and oftentimes what we see in the world today is that so many people are serving the master of money because they have this false idea that money can buy comfort security and health and it's just not true and so yeah, so Grayson, back to you from kind of, you know, being newly married somewhat. How, how has that been? I mean, what, what can you share with the audience just about being newly married, kind of that transition? And then, um, yeah, just kind of give us insight to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, just a newlywed couple, um, you know, we, we really reaped the fruit of having have dated so long. And really had become really good friends and known each other really well and so I think that maybe eased the burden of some tumultuous relationships because we had people around us that told us first year marriage is going to be so hard first year marriage is going to be so hard and just like we heard it so much that it was almost like we were tense like waiting for the shoe to drop but obviously there were things that happened where we really needed to communicate and talk through them you know, it's a change living together, having someone move in, respecting their schedule, they respecting you, um, you know, is, you know, you're not just on your own time anymore that you're, you've kind of, you've first given your life to Christ, but then, you know, you've also given your life to your spouse in a way that, you know, you're going to walk through this life together and also with Christ. And so, um, just kind of walking in light of that. But I think the biggest thing for us was definitely just, being able to communicate well and being very open about it. I think that um, we've just kind of seen with some other couples and different things that, you know, you may want to not burden them, you know, and that, and that was something that I did early on was just not wanting to maybe share the fullest truth to kind of mend the situation currently, but that's only a short term fix. You know, and so just encouraging there to be, even if it has good intentions, to be um, fully honest 
with your spouse and just to to dwell in that and to really just share and communicate even if it's going to bring up a hard conversation uh, but to lean into that and I think that would probably be like my biggest takeaway from the first couple of years is just to you know there and it wasn't even anything big but just to maybe you can call it like people pleaser kind of personality and I think that sometimes especially with people that I'm close to I have that because I don't want to you know fray that relationship but I think that from a biblical point of view like we are called to be utmost truthful and to call others out when we see that something is going on and so um yeah just being being truthful being open being able to communicate and um and it's also a lot of fun we really enjoy being married we love it we tell people all the time you should get married mm-hmm. we love it and um so anyway yeah that's- i think that's some advice that like i wish i had heard at 18 too so i really appreciate you just saying like you know marriage is fun i think in our community today we've tried to strip away like the joys of marriage you know how many tv shows show a passive dad that doesn't want to hang out with his wife or even you know i think in the non-christian community when a man like a friend gets married it's oh yeah man the best years of your life are behind you now and it's like i just think that's a lie so really thank you for giving that advice man i think it'll be good for the audience here especially like our non-believers to listen like marriage is a good thing like you know you don't lose your life when you get married and some argue it like starts when you get married so thanks for that so what does the day-to-day look like for you in the business world? Kind of walk us through what do you do and then how do you practically live out your faith within that? Yeah, so um, just kind of rolling back. So my dad and I uh, own and operate Price Investment Group. It's a financial planning, retirement planning firm. Um, so we operate here out of Little Rock. We also have a, an office in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Um, and we have clients from around eight to 10 states around the country uh, that we're doing doing business with. But as far as daily walking out my faith, you know, it's uh, it's been a struggle. There was so much happening right as I was starting that it didn't maybe take the press or the, the priority that it should. Um, just kind of felt like I was behind the eight ball trying to figure out, you know, what is marriage? What is life after college? You know, how, how am I fitting all these things into my life? And so, um, that definitely took a seat on the back burner for a while. And I'm not saying that that was necessarily right, but it did. And so, um, having been there now, this will be my, um, third year, uh, full time. So, um, having been there like my third year full time now, um, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think people, I, I know that, um, Clay talked about this when he was on y'all's podcast and we're kind of in a similar field, but you know, when you're talking about uh, personal finances and budgeting and retirement, there is a real vulnerability that you have with people that you may not get when you're in Kroger or, you know, in Walmart where you're just kind of like, Hey, how are you? And they're like, Oh, I'm good. And then you just, you know, keep walking. Um, when you're really talking about serious things like that, that are, you know, um, you know, retirement planning for the rest of your life. And, you know, how, how is this going to work? Is it going to work? Do I have enough? You know, and there's serious questions. Um, not all the time is there just like this, you know, does the heavens open up and like pigeons are floating down and there's just this opportunity for the gospel. Um, 
those those have been kind of rare. I've only had that happen just a couple times where I've had like just a very um, open, direct gospel conversation. But kind of where I've seen more in my daily walk is just being able to exhibit the fruits of the spirit and get to pour out Christ's love through answering the phone and phone calls and checking on people and just kind of being able to live that out and just praying that the Lord would be in those conversations and that if there is, you know, if that's on someone else's heart, that we would just be able to have that conversation. Cause I think all the time it, you know, you don't want to slap somebody upside the head with the Bible, just trying to, you know, force the gospel down their throats, but just being able to give this very like organic kind of love to the people around you, whether it is clients or coworkers. I don't think I said it, but we're a small office. So it's just uh, my dad and I and a couple assistants and um, we have a retired advisor that's kind of part-time. So we're pretty small. We know each other pretty well. So there's not a whole lot of like internal evangelism going on with employees or that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, just kind of looking for opportunities, you know, even when we go out to lunch, just being nice and cordial to, to the waitress or the waiter and, you know, asking them how their day is going and being just intentional with each thing that you do in your daily life even though it may not be in your workplace. Mm-hmm. I like that. So kind of, if you don't mind from your perspective, just define mar- define a marketplace missionary for us. Yeah, so I think for me, it's just a little different. Um, I think that kind of going back to what I just said is that um, – there may be opportunities in your marketplace. It may not just be this profound moment of like gospel sharing, but just to remain steady in Christ's attributes and to um, to kind of show the gospel through uh, the fruits of the Spirit and just being able to, to share that way. And I think for me, that would kind of be like my defining it is just that in that time, it may not necessarily be at your workplace because for me that the opportunities are maybe more rare than they are in my personal life. And so um, just remaining steadfast in your marketplace, whether that's that's work or personal or, mm. or any of the above. So. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, in terms of just dreams and goals, kind of what does that look like for you and your wife kind of moving forward? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we'd, we'd love to have a couple kiddos, and, um, you know, we're, we're looking for a house right now, so just kind of, like, walking through that process, it's been difficult, you know, the last couple of years with the market kind of being crazy and super competitive, so, um, yeah, so would love to be homeowners, would love to be parents, um, you know, work is, is progressing, my dad and I plan on working together for the rest of our lives, and, uh, I'm excited to to get in and be able to work with him and grow that. And so I think that just that the the Lord would be fruitful for each of those conversations and things that we would be able to, uh, my wife and I both be able to minister our faith to where to the people where we are now. Um, she's a nurse at Arkansas Children's Hospital, and uh, so that she would be able to minister to people there and me in my workplace. And then kind of you know following this diagram that um, Robert Lewis laid out last night, but you know, um, being in your faith now, pouring that out around the people, the people around you, and then leading into family, you know, praying that already now, even when we don't have 
that those kids and a house and all those things that I think kind of make up like the American idyllic family. But, you know, if those things do come to us, Lord willing, that we would be able to just pour that out around the people around us and just invite them into our home and just be able to um, really just show Christ to others and then uh, just keep building friendships. It's awesome. I love that. As we kind of get close to wrapping up this uh, second episode with Grayson, uh, what are some practical principles that you would leave the audience with on how to be a marketplace missionary and how they can integrate their faith into their work? It might sound like I'm beating a dead horse. Go for it. But I think... It truly is just the the daily living in Christ, and I and I, you say that, and it sounds like, oh yeah, sure, I'll I'll do that, but it really can be. I mean, it's it's a grind to have that on your mind at all times. It's easy to let it to let it slip. I mean, like I was saying earlier, you know, it's easy to fill up your schedule and to just kind of let that sit on the back burner, like I did for probably the first six eight months of of work. Like it didn't even come across my mind as, oh, this is you know, a, a ministry field. It's like, okay, well, I'll go to work and then I'll deal with that mm-hmm. when I, you know, when I get off and I can, you know, think about it. And so really to just let let the Lord be on your heart at all points throughout the day, at work, at home, and um, to just let him, let him work in that and just pray that he would provide the opportunities to have those conversations. Awesome, man. Thank, thanks for that. And building off of what you said a few questions ago about just being steadfast in business like I mean you don't really have a bunch of employees and that's just an aspect that a lot of people don't and you know especially if you're a small business owner or starting your own business like you're not going to have a bunch of employees but I would charge the audience to consider one thing on behind behind the theme of being steadfast like imagine if 10% of fortune 500 companies were led by Christians like even if they weren't just out there Bible thumping. Like what that would look like for America if ten, if fifty of the four to five hundred companies were led by Christians. And like I think, I think it's our charge as Christians to go out there and be successful. Like you're saying, just be steadfast in business, go be successful, and drive the gospel in that way too. So I would just charge the audience, like if you if you have that like entrepreneurial spirit, kind of like you do, Grayson. You know, like go out there and get it. Like get out there, go create a business. Go be successful and then just share the gospel on your way and just absolutely drive in community improvements from the gospel standpoint. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Grayson, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we, we pray and hope that you can continue to be uh, a marketplace missionary in kind of the investment world. And uh, man, we're, we're just excited to, to be in, in a friendship with you, to be in a community group with you and uh just so excited to see what god has has planned for you and your family so thank you again for being with us today yep audience see y'all next week thanks for listening as always be sure to share it out so we can um you know spread the gospel just a little bit more in the in the workplace thank y'all